the original experience with your girl Kelsey Ruff. It's time to talk Taylor and all of the tea to sweet. Let's go. Oh, hi. Welcome to the original experience. I'm your host. My name is Kelsey. And let's start off the pod this week by giving a round of applause for myself. My rookie year and I won a Super Bowl. Very proud of it. It was a collaborative effort between myself and the team. But I've, on a serious note, I've always watched, I guess like air quote, watch the Super Bowl. But this is my first time watching it tuned in turned out i was stressed out the entire friggin time all i needed was an ice cold cigarette i could i could barely talk all i could say was like i'm stressed out i'm stressed out but when it came down to the final hour taylor came through for us i kept telling people i really understand why grown men fight on facebook about sports now because it's just too much it's too much to put yourself through you can say, Kelsey, how how did Taylor, why is Taylor the one who won this for you? And I'm so glad you asked. The Kansas City Chiefs, they won from the 13th yard line and 13th drive in Taylor Swift's 13th game. Everyone say it with me as a collective effort. Taylor is never beating the witch allegations. Now, did I know when I was watching it, that all this was happening from like the 13th line yard line and the 13th drive. Absolutely not. But when I found that out, I said, oh, it's Taylor. It is because of Taylor. Am I giving her partial credit for this win? Yes, the hell I am. Because if they lost, the internet surely would be blaming her. There is a picture I saw on Twitter. And it looks like she's praying. And the tweet said, this is when I knew the Chiefs had it. God probably claps when they saw Taylor's name on the caller ID. And I believe that. I believe that. I remember. Y'all know when Bruce Almighty, when he sets up an email for all the prayers to come through and they just keep popping through and he's, you know, there's that gif of him like responding to all of them, like super like manically typing back to all of them and like prayer accepted and all of this whatnot. That's what I think probably happened when God was sitting there enjoying the Super Bowl with everyone else, knowing how it's going to end. And then he saw Taylor Swift, subject, please let Travis win. And he said, reply all, you got it, babe. That's what I think happens. When it comes to the game, am I going to give a play-by-play of what happened? Absolutely not. Why? One, it would not be good. Let's just call it like it is. If you want to talk pop culture, you want to talk about like some trauma, you want to talk about some food, those are things I can do. But if you want me to give you a play-by-play of the sports, it's just not my calling. Two, I don't have the time. I think this podcast, well, what I record on only gives me an hour. And by the time I cut out every time, I have to take a deep breath because I like to talk like I'm a Gilmore girl. Every time I say like or um, and then sometimes when I edit out stutters or when I mess up, I just don't have the time to give you a whole football game plus an overtime. So, there's that. Two, well, that was two. I guess it's like 2.A or maybe even three. Apparently, Nickelodeon does a broadcast of the Super Bowl. Did anyone else know this? I did not. 
And Dora the Literal Explorer explains it. She was explaining a false start in the video I saw on TikTok. Now, if I knew that was a thing, I would have possibly learned football a whole lot quicker. It did take me 30 years to understand it. And you're probably thinking, Kelsey, it's really not that complicated. Okay, well, it is for me. It was for me. And now I have a very basic understanding. But if I knew Dora the Explorer freelance as a football girly in her spare time, it would have just really helped me out. So, I used to be a halftime commercial girl only. And my, how the turntables. Every year I would watch for the commercials. Did I have a favorite? The halftime show, what was good, what was bad? What did we think about it? And I wasn't like super impressed by the commercials this year. I think I saw the same damn like Timu ad five times. And they weren't even saying Timu. God, what were they saying? It was like Timu. Like, I don't say it that way. And listen, I'm also one of those people who call Sheen, well, I guess it's what, like Sheen? I call it Sheen. So maybe I'm not, you know, the right person to be like, oh, this is how you say Timu. But I thought it was Timu. I didn't think it was Timu. But okay, saw that ad like five times at least in the same damn Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito commercial. The first time I thought it was clever. I thought it was haha funny because, you know, they had that movie. I think it was called Twins. Twin, I don't know if it's plural plural or not. And that's right, really like neither here nor there. But it was funny. And then it kept showing. And we used to be a proper country with good Super Bowl commercials. I'm thinking of the Pepsi commercial when it had all of the pop divas as like Roman gladiators. Pink, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Beyonce. The Dorito commercial of get your hand off my mama and get your hand off my Doritos. The, I don't know if it was Budweiser or Bud Light who had the drinking and driving commercial with the dog. And it was like, your dog's going to wonder why you didn't come home. Quality commercials. And I just did not get that from anybody. None of it was giving what needed to be gave. And is that the price I pay for becoming a football girly? Like in exchange for understanding the game, I had to give up the commercials. I don't know if that's how that works, but I am upset about it. Although the commercials did let me down, it is nice to be the target age demographic for the Super Bowl halftime show. Growing up, I never really got it. For instance, everybody is currently saying Prince had the best halftime show of all time. When that happened, I was a child. Okay, and it was good. I remember it being good, but I didn't get it in the way that my parents got it. And it's because I wasn't the target age demographic for it. Do I think I was the target age demographic when I saw Janet Jackson's nipple? I mean, yeah, maybe, you know, which by the way, that is, why do we blame her as much and not Justin Timberlake? You know, that's a conversation for a different day. When it comes to this year's halftime show, I have only one complaint. That's a lie. That's a lie. I, I was about to get on here and lie to you. I don't have one. I have maybe two or three. One. When it started, why didn't Usher start with Daddy's Home to open the halftime? That would have been, in my idea, a stellar opening with some lights. Like, picture it. The stadium's dark. And you hear a boom, boom. 
And then there's some lights. And he's like, Daddy's home. And then he starts playing, like, the song. And then going into, you know, like, a remixed rendition of everything else like he did. I just think that would have been so good. And this is my formal application to play in the Super Bowl next year. Also, during this, we were like, oh, I wonder how much he's getting paid for this. And intern Darby Googled it during the game. And you don't get paid anything for performing at the Super Bowl. And that is insane to me. Because how many people say, oh, I'm only watching for the Super Bowl? That's not right. How many people say, I'm only watching for the halftime show? I know I saw that so many times this year alone that they were just watching for Usher and perhaps someone who may be performing with him. And apparently it's like their ticket to get into the Super Bowl, I think, if I'm remembering that correctly, and the marketing. But again, I think that it's Usher is doing the marketing, so he needs to get paid. Like a lot of people just watch the game for these performances. So that kind of threw me for a loop that you don't get paid for that. And maybe... Everybody's like, they better lock Taylor Swift in that suite. I don't want to see her up there. One, they have asked Taylor Swift to do the halftime show, and she says no. She does not own all of her music. When she owns all of it again, do I think she may? Possibly. I don't know. After some people have treated her this year, I if I was her, I'd be, like, I'd be damned. I will be damned if I do it. And plus, she is a smart businesswoman, and I just don't see her just doing it for shits and giggles. But if she were to surprise me and do a halftime show, I will be selling a spleen, part of my liver. I have two kidneys, so I'll be giving one of those. Maybe selling some eggs. I will be doing all of that so I can go to the halftime performance to see her play. Have I seen her in concert before? Yes, but it's just never enough. You know what I'm saying? Two, sources close to me, aka Chelsea, what it noted that one verse of Love in This Club was a tease and it was simply not enough. There wasn't any nice and slow. And also the internet was very um, disheveled at the lack thereof of lovers of friends. Especially when you have Ludacris and Little John and you have all of these people. They just don't think we utilized our talent wisely. And I do have to agree. Finally, with point number three... I do need to say, well, really, all I got to say is WWJD. What is wrong with Jermaine Dupree? He had the Southern Baptist Sunday Best Socks on. He had on the berries and cream. Looked like he was going to force some Native Americans off their land. It was a choice. It was a choice. And I did not understand it. I... Was there a reason? Am I missing something? If I am, I would love to know, but I just think it was a choice, maybe to get people talking, but just very strange to me. Also, I want to know by a show of hands, how many of you thought that Will I Am was Kanye West? Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Everyone put your hands in the air. Okay, I see you. Two, how many of you thought when her came out playing guitar, how many of you thought that was Northwest? Again, don't be shy. Hands up. My eyes are closed by show of hands. That's also what I thought. I knew who her was because, hello, but she's incredibly talented. She's award-winning. 
She played Belle in the live version of Beauty and the Beast. Not the movie, the one that was like made for television. Incredibly talented. That was not like a shock to me. But I got on the interwebs as one does during events of this nature and was very surprised at the amount of people who thought it was Northwest and the amount of people who thought Will I Am was Kanye. The Kanye Will I Am thing I can kind of see, but if you're familiar with Usher's discography, what where where did that come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Um Cotton Eyed Joe. Now, if you thought I was gonna talk about the halftime show and not talk about Alicia Keys, you are mistaken because I sure am. Did her voice crack at the start? It did. But honestly, who cares when you look like she did? I mean, the body. The body was bodying. She looked incredible. She looked flawless. Please do not say she wasn't wearing makeup because she was from her brand. Please look it up. She's already been tweeting about it. Well, she retweeted Ulta about that using her products. She looked phenomenal. The red color looked fantastic. The jewels on the body looked incredible. I did see where YouTube and I believe the NFL and the videos they've released have taken out her voice cracking. I have mixed feelings on that. At one part, I'm like, well, that's, that's not what happened. Are we, are we rewriting history? And then the second part of me is like, she has such an amazing voice and she is so incredibly talented. Does this really bother me? No, not really. And I did see a tweet where she lost her voice because she stole that lady's husband. And I did not know that that was the case. That Swizz Beats was married at the time they met. And you guys know how I feel about a homewrecking story. So I will be looking into that because Haley told me about that. And I said, what? Are you for all? So I will be looking like looking at that and reading on it. And we'll be bringing that to the pod at a later date and time because that surprised me. The chemistry between her and Usher was something. It was something. The hands all over each other. And look, she's married. He supposedly has a very serious girlfriend. I really don't keep up with that. Do I think something was going on? No. But I do believe that Kiki Palmer's baby daddy probably was sitting with all of his friends and he was like I told y'all so I told y'all Usher do too much that's what he did to my girl and obviously they're not together anymore and from what I understand he's kind of like a crap bag that's neither here nor there but I know it's probably what he was thinking Usher was sweating but it looked like he was oiled up he looked like a Greek god was it sweat was it oil I know it was probably sweat it was getting in his eyes he was kind of like I'm doing this right now like you guys can see me and you can't. His eyes were kind of squinted because the sweat was getting in him. But he just looked good. So when there are little babies born in nine months, just know that I'll know and it'll be Usher's fault. And that's who you can blame. Because I could I could see it. And one more thing about Usher. Even if I hated the halftime show, which I didn't, I would lie and tell you guys that I enjoyed it. Because I respect anyone who can roller skate. When I'm at the Sonic and them bitches skirt skirt up to the car with my pretzel and my ocean water on skates, I am amazed. It's almost like the circus. I watch just astonished. 
I have not been to a skating rink in, I'm 30, so maybe over like 20-something years, 25. Like, it's been a very long time. I was what you would call a wall hugger. So, when school, elementary schools would have skating parties or friends, church people would have skating parties, you know, take the kids skating, I could not do it. I would just be shuffling, holding on to the wall. I never could quite get the hang of it. And when they would do the hokey pokey in the middle of the skating rink, I would have to take my skates off and hightail it out there. I just could not do it. So, the skating community has my utmost respect and admiration. I also want to send the girly who fell off the stripper pole um, my love and my thoughts and my admiration. I've been telling people, could you imagine you're telling your friends, your family, that you're going to be performing at the Super Bowl halftime show with Usher, and then you simply fall off the pole? Mm-hmm. My thoughts and prayers are with her and her ego at this time. During the actual halftime performance, was not thinking about it. I was too busy collecting my thoughts on Ludacris and how good he looked and how good he sounds. And after all of this time, just, he was my favorite part. I simply neglected to see the girl fall off the pole. But when you are faced with video evidence of it, it was something. And she did fall right off. So, my thoughts and prayers are with her and her ego at this time. I could not imagine. I simply would never recover. I would probably put myself into the witness protection program. Absolutely. My thoughts are also with every Justin Bieber believer who got played this past Sunday. In a series of utmost unfortunate events, he did not come out in a full purple outfit singing Somebody to Love. I do extend my deepest apologies as I did feed into the hype. And that's on me. To be fair, I have been clowning that Reputation Taylor's version is going to be coming out for a few solid months now. That is on me. I clown at every single opportunity. The Delulu is strong. So, when I heard that he was going to be in Vegas, I assumed. And then, Saturday night, when he was leaving a restaurant, he had water. And I was thinking... Okay, all the girlies on Twitter were saying he doesn't want to be hungover before his performance tomorrow. And I thought, oh, that's valid. And then I heard that a lot of people from his team were there. And I was thinking, okay, like this is really happening. And then when the Super Bowl started, apparently he wasn't in his seat. And I was like, he's definitely practicing. Like he's definitely going to pop up on that stage. And I waited the entire time for it to happen, and obviously it did not. I would like to think it's a good thing, because if Justin Bieber would have performed at the halftime show, I do fear that my sister, Allie McAnally, would have never been the same. But I do fear this disappointment of him not performing has also made it to where she will never recover. And it is my fault because I do think I hyped her up to believe this. So, my deepest and sincerest apologies to my sister, Allie, and the Belieber community. Yeah, like I said, that's on me. What isn't on me is, and this is going to be, contra I think this is going to be controversial, is Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid. I've had some people ask me about it. Like, what did I think about him yelling at him and running up on him? 
and I cannot be sure what is expected of me. Do you want me to max out my credit card and fly to Vegas and tell Travis Kelsey he's being mean? You're being mean. You're being mean to the diabetes man. You're being mean to your coach. No, not happening. There are so many takes on the situation that I've seen across the board from people who I like, people I don't like, people who I trust, sports people, sports journalists. And the biggest one that I can take away from this is that it's the Super Bowl. You are the best tight end in the league. You want to win. You want to protect your dynasty. It's your passion. And something happened and you think you could have avoided it? Like, yeah, like, put me in. Don't take me out. Peluso, Andy Reid don't give a fuck. He said on, in the post-game conference, people asked him about it. He did not care. Patrick was like, you know, this is us as a team. And lest we forget, a few weeks ago, Andy Reid kicked Trav's helmet halfway down the sideline. I just do not care. And I've heard how you, I don't want to say you people, because that's not, that's not accurate. I've heard how people act at their little children's games. I've seen it firsthand as my mother being involved in high school athletics and being a coach in that regard. And no one is airing out the shitty things you've done. So perhaps we let this go. I saw so many people and trying to blame it on Taylor, which that's obnoxious and that's just weird. If you're going to blame how Travis acted towards Andy as Taylor's fault, you're weird. You're a weirdo. Point blank period. I know that I've done some things in my life I'm not proud of. And if that was broadcasted to, I think this is the right, not the right number, but the right fact. More, it was viewed more than when went to the moon and walked on the moon for the first time, supposedly. Saw that. My worst moments, I like. I would want some understanding and some grace. And I'm not saying like I agree with it and we should all yell at our bosses and our coaches. I just think that we should probably take a step back and think about it. And if you don't want your kids acting that way, that's on you to raise them and not on Travis Kelsey. Okay, bye. Now that I've said his name, I said it a few times. I've summoned him like Beetlejuice. You know what time it is. It is Taylor O'Clock. I never doubted her. I never doubted her. I knew that she would be there, and she was. And she had her 87 necklace, and she had a football bag that had an 87 on it, and she had an 87 charm on her shoe, and she still had that same freaking Padawan Obi-Wan Kenobi braid in her hair that I cannot be sure of. And I told you I wasn't going to talk about the game, and I'm not going to go into, like, deep analytics of it. I did think it was very funny and kind of cute that she was explaining the football game to Ice Spice, who was there, by the way. The memes between her and Jason are immaculate. I thought that was nice. Blake Lively, hot. Blake Lively looked so freaking good. I cannot stand it. Ryan Reynolds is a very lucky man. Three, because we're talking about the box. Mad respect to Kylie Kelsey, who would not wear Kansas City Chiefs. She wore something about um, New Heights, but she could not. She's like, I'm a Philly girl, and I will not be wearing that. Donna, there's a picture of Donna looking at Blake and Taylor cheering on, and I think that is very sweet. 
Donna Kelsey was fresh to death in Stony Clover. She looked so cute in her jacket. And I can't help but wonder if this game was easier for her since she only had one child playing in it and not two. Because last year, like, that's kind of like a lose, like a win, is it lose-lose situation? Like, yeah, like, one child won the Super Bowl, but then the other one lost it. So, you want to be proud of the other one, but you don't want to upset. I mean, you get, that was last year, you get what I'm saying. In typical fashion, the post-game field activity did send me into a spiral, specifically them blowing each other kisses. So, while he's on the podium, and Patrick's getting the trophy, and Travis gets to hold it, and everyone's talking, him and Taylor are blowing kisses to each other, smitten. I am smitten. And every single time that I think my Taylor Swift zoomies are going to be cured, I am swiftly, you see what I did there, proven wrong. And my Taylor Swift zoomies have unfortunately, not unfortunately, have proceeded with the video that was posted on Tuesday. I want to send my gratitude to the NFL or whomever posted the video and audio of Taylor and Travis's conversation on the field. They're loved up. They're hugged up. And what do they say? I'm so glad you asked. I'll tell you. Travis says the following. Thank you for coming, baby. Thank you for the support. Thank you for making it halfway across the world. You're the best, baby. The absolute best. Was it electric? I fear nothing will ever make me this happy again in my life. I've lived a good 30 and a half years I don't know if anything's going to top this. Possibly when, if they get engaged or married. Or at Tom Holland's and Daya engagement wedding. But other than that, I fear nothing's going to top this. And to mark my words, I am willing to bet Munty's cold hard cash that on Taylor Swift album 12... There will be a lyric about thank you for making it halfway across the world or something about going across the world to be there for someone. And when I was writing these down and getting my notes together, I was talking, thinking about like how sweet I thought all of that was. And I'm like, well, damn, Kels, like that's the bare minimum, like someone just thanking you for supporting them. But I think just in what we've seen in her past relationships... This is really nice, and it's really sweet, and just to hear that outpouring, that outpouring of love and respect and admiration and just pure gratitude was beautiful, and I, I think I have watched the video a total of 1,300 times, no less, no less, and when I finish recording this podcast today, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to open up twitter i'm going to open up instagram i'm going to open up an app and i'm going to watch it again and again it's going to be like that tiktok audio where it's like ha 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 again ha 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 again and speaking of watching the same videos over and over again in your two wolves there's partying like taylor and travis or partying like jason and i do believe i will always party like jason in the videos you have travis and taylor and they're hugged up loved up like i'm saying they're dancing. They're singing the songs to one another. It's so cutesy. And then whoever the cameraman is who took these videos, and there's multiple, the slow pan over to Jason, who's wearing a mask in the DJ booth. He's fist pumping like a champ. He's looking a little woozy. I think there's one video of Taylor and Travis walking in somewhere, and he, Travis is helping Taylor put on his jacket. Jason, Jason looks like he's about to go off without a cause. He is... 
he looks a little feral. He looks a little feral. Did he make it home? I cannot be sure. I am looking forward to the New Heights podcast this week. I mean, I would assume they're recording this week. And I hope they talk about it. I hope they talk about him and his overalls and his DJing behavior in the mask. Because it is literally hilarious. And I, for one, am here for it. I want to talk about the clubbing, but I'm afraid you guys don't want to hear. I'm afraid that it's overdone and the videos have been shown so much and you guys have sent them to me and I'm afraid you guys just don't want to talk about it. Just kidding. Just kidding. Ha ha ha. This is my podcast. Travis looks so proud to sing her songs. I feel like he just looks like a bat out of hell getting to the DJ booth and singing You Belong With Me. And they're pointing to one another. And then there's one video where you can see Austin, her brother, Austin Swift, Blake Lively, Kelly Taylor, and Brittany Mahomes. And they just look so happy for her. And especially, I think, people like Austin and Blake who have been around for such a long time, Kelly included. And they're like, like he's very proud to like be with her. And he's singing those songs. And they're like, you belong with me. Like, Taylor and Travis are like, look. The only way out of this thing is in a body bag. You belong with me. And the one video where they're singing love story to each other. And like she's actually doing the choreography from tour. That's called muscle memory. And it's like you'll be the prince. And he's pointing to himself. And she's pointing to him as well. And then it says you know, you'll be the prince and I'll be the princess. And then he's pointing at her and she's pointing at herself. I... I, they are in love. They are in love. L-U-R-R-R-V-E. Love. Okay? And you... Obviously, it's not a secret that they've only been dating since July, August, what have you, of last year. But I feel like she has manifested him in every single song that she's written so far. Invisible String was originally about her ex-boyfriend, Joe Alban. But there's obviously an Invisible String... To her and Travis Kelsey. So the Super Bowl was played at Allegiant Stadium. The last time she was at that stadium, she sang White Horse, which is from her Fearless album. And she says, I might find someone someday who might actually treat me well. And then the next time she's at that stadium, she's dating someone who publicly and intentionally pursued her. Had help with it. He talks about how smart she is. And he boasts about being with her. And he's so proud to be with her. And I talked earlier. Earlier as in maybe like what five minutes ago. If even Kelsey please get a concept of time. What is time? Is time even real? That um, in that video of them on the field. And he's asking her those questions. And he's expressing that gratitude. And he's expressing that gratitude of her being there. Someone put in the comments, and again, like, this is Twitter. I don't know if it's accurate. I'm choosing to believe it is because I like it. But someone said that when players are mic'd up and that footage is released, not or footage, audio, what have you, is released, the players have to sign off on it. Is that accurate? I don't know. And when I say it out loud, I'm hesitant to be like, absolutely. But somebody said, you know, Travis had to approve that coming out. And so, that's what I'm hoping that he put that out there because he's just so proud to be with her. We've seen it all throughout. 
And I think there's something really special about last year when he won the Super Bowl. He was singing Love Story by himself, like in celebration. And this year he's singing Love Story, celebrating his Super Bowl win with not only the person who wrote and sung the song, but singing it with them as their significant other. I just, I love it. I was, I, I love it. One thing I do need to educate everyone on is the fact that she posted him on TikTok and it was about accidentally going clubbing with your parents. And this, some of you are thinking, this feels so out of character. She's never posted a boyfriend before. This is unreal. But once upon a time in a land far, far away, when she was dating Calvin Harris, we all went on vacation with them. We've seen the videos of them jumping off of things in the ocean and the pictures. We, we vacationed with them, okay? It was dark times, but when people say these things, I just want to let you know that you cannot cite the deep text to me, which I was there when it was written. Of course, you know, we got nothing of Joe for the six years they were together very rarely anything. He posted Meredith, that's one of her cats, named after Meredith Gray, by the way, but very rarely did they post each other. I think most of the pictures we have of them are strange paparazzi shots, especially, you know, that one video where it looks like he's about to take her damn arm out of socket. So, hopefully, this opens the door to them posting each other more. Obviously, I don't want anything that they're not comfortable with, and I'm not trying to, like, push that, and again, they have no idea who I am, although I do believe Taylor Swift probably does know me. Especially in time for Valentine's Day. We'll see. And while I have the time, and I feel like we didn't, well, it's not my fault we didn't get to talk about it last week. But while we have the time, let's discuss Taylor dropping the album tracks the literal second I finished recording the podcast last week. That's what I started off with last week. I gave you guys that caveat of like, hey, like, in this episode, we're going to talk about this, but please know the second I stopped recording is when she posted it because I have her post notifications on. Like, literally. And part of me was like, well, maybe I should just scrap it and re-record and talk about all of it, but we had to talk about the Grammys. I was obviously very, very wrong in what I wanted. Not what I wanted, because I, th I wanted it. That's not wrong. What I thought the album was going to have, there's absolutely zero Phoebe Bridgers even more devastating of a crushing blow there is no national but to my surprise we have a post malone feature which the number one song on the album track one is Fortnite, featuring Port post malone very intrigued in that and then there is a feature with florence and the machine I have some friends who are very excited about that. I'm excited about it. Not what I was thinking. I was obviously very, very wrong in that. But still very exciting. And y'all know how I feel about Post Malone. He's one of the father of my children. So, out of all the tracks, there are two song titles that stand out to me very much. Number one is So Long London. And the second one is But Daddy, I Love Him. So Long London is going to ruin us. Us, meaning the Swifties, and I'm hoping that if you're not a Swiftie when the album comes out, you'll listen to it. Just give it a good old college try for me. But what is my proof? What is my evidence that this song is going to ruin us? My proof is I would like to present my evidence to the courtroom. 
It's because So Long London is track five. Taylor once said, I was just kind of putting a very vulnerable, personal, honest, emotional song as track five. She's done this for a very long time. I would like to present to you all previous track fives on other albums. All Too Well was track five on Red. Tolerate It is a track five. My Tears Ricochet is a, is a track five. My beloved song, The Archer, is a track five. And You're On Your Own Kid from Midnight's is a track five. So, let me just educate you guys on Swifty lore. Track five is going to be brutal. It is going to hurt. And if you listen to the album, I'm going to go ahead and apologize in advance that it may hurt you. In the words of Lord Farquaad, some of you may die, but that's a risk I'm willing to take. With that being said, case closed. Bring in the dancing lobsters. But Daddy I Love Him is going to be track six. And here's my theory on that. But Daddy I Love Him is obviously from The Little Mermaid. The Little Mermaid came out in what year, by the way? 1989. What year was Taylor Swift born? 1989. Some people, their first immediate, their first immediate thought is this song has got to be about Harry Styles because Harry Styles has been known to wear a shirt that says, but daddy, I love him. I am not inclined to believe this song is about him. My theory is that it's about her giving up her voice to be a part of his world and his world is being Joe Alwyn. As we know, and I mentioned in the, was it last week's podcast? Or I know that I've mentioned it before, but she said that she had locked herself up in like jail, prison, what have you, can't remember the exact verbiage, for six years. And she's never going to get that time back. And she so desperately, I wouldn't marry me either, a pathological people pleaser who only wanted you to see her. Those are lyrics from You're, You're Losing Me, which she wrote, like I said, last week, two years ago, and she's been sitting on this album for two years. So I think this is about her giving up so much of who she was to make Joe happy and be with Joe. That is what I believe that's about. Now, come April, and we're recording the podcast, and we're talking about this song, and that's not accurate. I'm scrubbing this from the internet, so I'm not wrong. No, I'm just kidding. But that's what I think it is. Me and Brooke have talked about it, and that's what I'm thinking it is, okay? Now that all of this has come out, the track titles, the album name, you know, last week I told you guys that's the name of Joe Alwyn's previous group chat. He or someone close to him, you know, released a statement and he was saying that, you know, he thinks that it's shady, you know, the titles and that he hopes, you know, she won't divulge any of, you know, their relationship information. And sources also say that he liked a tweet saying that it was shady. But in the words of Smokey and Friday, I don't give a fuck. I don't care what he says. Okay. Men are stupid and I don't respect them. That's... That's kind of a joke, but I think that, what have I told you guys? You're allowed to talk about the things that people do to you, and it's no secret. It's not like he's her first boyfriend, and he had no idea that she was going to write these things. Maybe it's a conversation they had in the privacy of their own home. I don't know, but I am looking forward to reaping the benefits of this, even though it is probably going to make me cry. Am I done with the Taylor Swift portion of this? I think I might be for now. Am I done talking about the Super Bowl? I do believe I am for now. Now it's time for everyone's favorite feature, 
it's time for me to talk about Akatar. I did get a lot more reading done. And you're probably thinking, Kelsey, what was the motivation for you to pick this book up after this girl shit on herself and to read it again? And that's because I had a friend who told me about the happenings in book five. Specifically, a certain smutty scene, a certain spicy scene, if you will. And that has motivated me to try to finish book one as swiftly and quickly as possible, to read book two, to then read book three, to read book four, to make it to book five. Have I made it very far in the first book? No. But I have finally been introduced to Tamlin who I do believe will be my favorite. Don't tell me if I'm wrong. I cannot bear the thought. He is blonde-haired, and we know how I feel about that, per Drago Malfoy, per, you know, Quicksilver in the MCU, the Aaron Taylor Johnson version, Tom Blythe as, you know, old Corio Snow. So I will not be shamed for this. So I do believe he will be my favorite. And then is it Lucien, L-U-C-I-E-N, I finally, they finally introduced themselves, and that's who they are. My thoughts so far on the book, I have asked this of several people. Do her sisters ever get less insufferable? Right now, they've disappeared. I know they come back, although I'm not sure on how that happens. I can appreciate that when she was talking about, like, oh, like, why do you want me to eat this food and while my family's starving, and... I do believe it was Tamlin is like, like, your family's being well taken care of. So, I do know they will meet again, but I'm not sure when, how, or anything. And I do know that I need to read the book to figure that out. So, as of right now, they're not insufferable, but I know that that's not the last of them. So, I'm sure they will be insufferable again. Two, I think it's point two. I cannot, like I said, I cannot be sure. In the book, when Favra gets to Prithion, is that how? I've had to Google how to pronounce these names so I'm not wrong, and I did forget the pronunciation of this. Prithion, she keeps talking about how she's going to run away. And they even make a statement of in the book, like, girl ain't eight in days. Like, if you took off running, how far do you think that you would go before you passed out? You have no energy. Food is converted into energy, and you have had no food. Therefore, you have no energy. Something that I did think was funny is that they take her to her room. She's not in a prison cell, by the way. And they give her a bath. They wash her hair. They try to put her in a dress. And she's like, I, she's like, I ain't wearing no dress. And they put her in, like, pants and a shirt. And she wanted her old clothes. And this little nice lady was like, this is what you want to wear. And showed her her clothes. And it was all like ripped the hell up. And it was disgusting and dirty. And she was like, when I tried to wash them, they fell apart. They fell apart. So she's in like, you know, this shirt and pants. And she goes back out. And Tamlin and Lucien are like, your hair's clean. And honestly, I respect that. Because I feel as if girls, we do that. You know, when somebody's like, oh, your hair looks good. You're like, oh, I washed it. Of course, you know, they weren't really complimenting her. I guess you could say they were. But they were just saying, oh, look, like, your hair's clean. That's that's a nice look for you. So, I am intrigued to see how this goes um, and what's going to happen next. I do hope to get further along in my reading and to see where it takes us. 
I do know there's a character I have yet to be introduced to. And I cannot pronounce his name. Is it Resend? Rysand? That's something I gotta Google and figure out. But I know he's a star player because I've seen a few TikToks. And I've seen what he apparently looks like. Because you guys sent it to me. So I am interested in that. And I want to see what happens to Tamlin. I do think he's going to be the father of my children. So that's really all I have to say in regards to Akatar for this week. We move. We move. When you guys listen to this, it's going to be the day after Valentine's Day. The Valentine's Day is on Wednesday. The pod comes out on Thursdays. We know this. This is not, not new news. This is not changed. It's just how it is. But I do want to say this before we wrap up and we close out for the week. I, obviously, I don't have a boyfriend. I'm not interested. We know that. We move. It has become a increasingly obvious to me in the last few months of my life that almost, star, 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 everything I know about love, I've learned from my female friendships. And that's including, you know, like the ones between me and my mother, me and my sisters, my aunts, my friends. It's just been increasingly obvious to me that everything I know about love, I've learned from them and these female relationships and friendships. And that's not to say that the ones that I have with men aren't substantial because they are and they do mean something to me. But just in the past few months, I have been shown so much love and adoration from the women in my life. It is almost unreal to be shown that I hold value, that I hold, like, I'm worthy of love, and that they think I'm funny, and that I'm worth something, and the things that I say matter, truly means a lot to me. Uh, You know, this year is supposed to be my yes year. And in the words of Taylor Swift, I'm doing good, I'm on some new shit, been saying yes instead of no. And I've been doing things that I usually would say no to out of like anxiety or feeling uncomfortable or feeling like I don't belong. And it's introduced me to fantastic and incredible women who are so unbelievably kind and are so good to me. And I sometimes let the fact that I don't have a driver's license hinder what I do. And I feel... Like, even though I bring so much to the table, the fact that I don't have a driver's license cancels all that out. And I'm learning in therapy that that's not true. And I'm worthy of great friendships and I'm worthy of great love, romantic or not, regardless of those things. And it's just become increasingly obvious that that is the truth. And that is the, like, fact of the matter is that, like, people still think that I'm worthy of friendship, like, regardless of that. And I'm so incredibly grateful for the love that you all show to this podcast and the love that you all show for me. And I don't want this to sound like I think I'm famous and I think I'm a celebrity because that's not the case. But I just think that how can we pass the day of love and not, and I not acknowledge the love that I feel from you all? And there is a quote by book that I I freaking love. It's by Rebecca Searle, I think is her name. Okay, yes, it's called In Five Years by Rebecca Searle. And I'm not going to give the plot of the book away 
because if I could recommend any book, it 100% would probably be this one. It was just so good. And in it, one of the characters says, I'm not sure I'm capable of it. Not the kind you mean. And she's speaking about love. And her friend says, but you are. I wish you knew that. I wish you understood that you could have love beyond your wildest dreams. Stuff movies are made of. You're meant for that too. I don't think I am. You are. You know how I know? I shake my head. Because that's the way you love me. Oh, I'm going to cry. And that's why I know at the end of the day, I am capable of love of any capacity because it's how I love each and every single one of you. I love you for sharing this podcast to your stories, telling your friends about it, sharing it on your Facebook pages, leaving reviews, sending me messages about it, and just being some of the nicest freaking people I have ever probably could have encountered. And when I started this podcast, I had assumptions of who would listen to it and who would share it. And it has come at such a surprise, a pleasant surprise, at who's actually listening and who's actually sharing. And I cannot thank you enough. And so even though Valentine's Day was yesterday... You all have my deepest and sincerest gratitude. I believe this is episode 19, I think. I could be wrong. It could be 18. Either way, we are down to the wire of season one. I don't know what we're going to talk about. I know what I want to talk about, but I don't know if I'm capable of doing it. So I'm not going to say it because I'm not going to embarrass myself and be made a liar on my own podcast. But in the name of valentine's and everything like i said i love you all so much happy late valentine's day i hope you felt the love i have for each and every one of you but that is going to wrap it up for me today team i love you so much say it back